What is up, party people? I love y'all so much. Welcome to The Highway with Kyle Shutt. I am Kyle Shutt, and I have such a treat for y'all this week. It's uh, another name that you might not know. Uh, I, I guarantee you don't know, but it's a name that you're going to know at the end of this. Uh, my, my guest this week is Colin Strom, otherwise known as Gravy. And he's a good friend of mine. He's drum teched for everyone from Pennywise to Shania Twain. And now he works for NBC's The Voice. Come on. Come on. You know you want to hear what he's got to say. I love talking to crazy rock stars, but I also love talking to crew members because we couldn't do what we do without these amazing people who are the unsung heroes of the music industry, for sure. If you've been liking what you've been hearing on the show, go ahead and hit all the buttons. Whatever buttons they got for you to hit, just just click them. It, it really helps out. <laughs> but if you want to go one step further, throw a couple bucks in the jar. We uh, we got a Patreon page going, just like everybody else, but, uh, but mine is special. You can find me at patreon.com slash thehighway. You can get yourself perks like early access to next week's episode. You can get yourself a shout out like Master P this week. Yeah, that's right. Master P threw down a couple bucks. Come on, what's your excuse? <laughs> we also got Chris Simpson, Early Russell, and uh, and my homie Matt Mosley. He gets three shouts out this week. Is, is it shout outs? Shouts out? I don't know. Matt Mosley, Matt Mosley, Matt Mosley, my dog. And uh, if you want to go so far as to throw a six-pack of beer in my fridge, you can pick the six-pack shout-out. This week, it goes to Nika Rogers-Rodriguez. She has been a pillar of strength for me lately. Uh, I've been going through kind of a hard time, honestly, and uh, she's uh, she's been helping me out. So she deserves extra special thanks. I really appreciate it. And um, all of you deserve extra special thanks. Uh, I, I don't have fans. I have friends. Okay, We're all friends at this point. We've all talked. And if we haven't, just reach out to me. Let's uh, let's hang out, you know. And um, we're all in this together. I, I I couldn't have these amazing conversations without you. And um, I, I sincerely appreciate every single one of you. I especially appreciate Heil Sound, who sponsors this show. If you like the way I sound, it's because there's a Heil in front of me. Now I do this show for y'all, but I also do it for me. So it's time to do things my way. The highway. Gravy, what's up? What's up, Kyle? My dude, Colin Strom, everybody, but we calls him Gravy. But then he lost a bunch of weight, so then we started calling him Glaze. Uh, but yeah, he's <laughs> one of my favorite old tour mates. Uh, he's worked for Young the Giant. You worked for All American Rejects. Uh, we met when you were working with Caius Lives, and uh, that was a fun ass tour. Uh, but yeah, yeah, man, how, how you how you holding up? Honestly, dude, I kind of have like um survivor's guilt type situation yeah. uh like i i'm working are you with q still or do you have a i mean I, I i help at the drum <laughs> shop but it's not like i work there like full-time or anything but i yeah. help every once in a while but i work on the voice now i know i was gonna bring that up later but yeah nbc is the voice you are now the drum tech of a, a highfalutin tv show what i mean it fuck? sounds highfalutin it doesn't feel highfalutin when i'm there like working you know it's crazy man it's like it's it's like i on the one hand it's like 
whoa, this is crazy. Like I'm working in a pandemic. Like that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> but on the other hand, I'm so grateful to have a fucking job. You know, everybody like I know is like job too. Yeah, I know. It's like everybody I know is not doing well. You know, like not like struggling to find any gig, possibly like pivoting and doing some other career. And I'm like, oh, I got this TV gig. I'm, I'm, you know, like I, I like my schedule. I don't get work as many hours, but I feel like guilty about working. You know, just drinking vodka out the bottle, floating in your pool. Dude, Just when like I don't know pandemic, I heard about it. I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I wish it was that baller, but it's not that baller. But definitely, when pandemic started, I was drinking, son, drinking. Yeah, me too. I actually had a rule uh, for a long time: uh, no liquor in the house. I could keep beer in the house just fine, but I had a no liquor in the house rule uh, left over from the Metallica tour days because I just shit got a little crazy. And for 11 years, I had no liquor in the house. But the second I lost my job and the tours got canceled and everything fucking fell through, I, I went and bought a bottle of Kinahan's and uh, some Chinese takeout. And uh, just, yeah, I, I started taking out my shame. I, mine, mine, was, <laughs> mine was like a three-day cycle where it'd be like, let's just say it's Monday. I'd be like, Monday. Oh man, what a day. Like pandemic. What am I supposed to do with my life? <laughs> and then I'd be like, all right, well, it's drinking time. And I get all wasted. And then the next day I'd be like, well, that wasn't even nearly wasted enough. And I would get wasted. <laughs> and then the next day I'd be too hungover to even think about drinking. And then the fourth day I would just start it over again. Yeah. I just, it was terrible. You got to get drunk on life. Yeah. It's, it, it happens, man. Um, but, uh, let, let's, let's take it back. Let's rewind it all the way back to, how you got into being a drum tech because you, you have such a wild story, man. Like from the beginning all the way up until yeah, working at the, the top tier. I, I would say that working for a network television music show is the, the, the top of the mountain. But, um, it just, I, I love getting stories like this because people sometimes don't really realize, or that they might not really think about it a lot about the music industry, just being like organized crime. Like there's no regulation. There's no place to apply. There's, it's, it's basically like if you're cool, get in the fucking van if you know if you can hang then maybe there's some more gigs for you and that's kind of it but like uh how, how did you uh get in get in the van for the first time i mean i played drums since um junior high you know like my parents got me a drum kit they probably seriously regretted that in hindsight because i was <laughs> loud dude loud and so i played drums like from seventh grade and then in high school i played in bands and stuff you know like but honestly i never was the guy that's like, I'm going to be a musician. I'm going to be in a band, you know, like I'm going to like do that life. Like I would never felt like what I wanted for my, I like truck, dude, I loved playing music and everything, but it never felt like a viable option. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like in school and shit, going to college and then, um, playing in like different bands and stuff. And then I had back surgery when I was 22 and I couldn't play for like a long time. And my friends' bands were like, oh, just come out with us and sell merch and, like, hang out. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not doing anything else. You know, I'm just, like, sitting around recovering. Like, I might as well. And so I'd, like, sell merch and shit. And it was like, you know, I, I had auditioned for this band called The Start. And they were, like, one of the coolest bands I'd ever seen. And, they, and I didn't get the gig. And actually... <laughs> And actually, the drummer that plays for Sum Forty One now is the drummer that is the drummer that beat me for that gig. I'll make sure to play this episode after the Mike Weeby episode that we <laughs> went over. Whatever, whatever. So I yeah. went out with them, and like it was fucking fun, man. Like I had a great time, and obviously, like I set up the drums. That's what I like to do, and I just wanted to help out and be a part of the team. 
And then my homie Ed started playing drums with the start, Ed Davis. And um, like, he's like one of my favorite people in the world. And Amy and Jamie are some of my favorite people in the world. And it was just crazy, dude. Like, I'm in this van, like RV, like traveling around, messing around like squirting people with water guns and like I don't know dude it was just crazy it felt like a new life dude you it is it's a whole fucking new world once you just leave your old life behind and just start heading yeah. down the road every day is a new adventure yeah oh and God, like dude, it's so fun and there's no like um oh well you can't do that <laughs> you know like <laughs> you know like if somebody does me, say that it's almost like a dare you'd be like yeah fucking watch me yeah it's like you know? okay well i'll do it harder than like i'll do it way harder like you that or you, any, any stupid rule people are like you can't smoke weed in here it's like well it seems like i'm not having any trouble right now like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah really because i'm doing it yeah and so that was like so appealing to me and um so I had back surgery November 5th, 2005. So this would have been 2006. And then like um, Ed ended up leaving the start and I ended up playing drums for them for a little bit. But Ed um, left the start because he was playing for Juliet Lewis's band. Mm-hmm. And like he's like, hey, do you want to come to Europe for like a long time? Like it was either six weeks or 10 weeks. I don't remember. 10 weeks seems so long in hindsight, but it was at least six weeks. It was a long tour. And I'm like, Europe in the summer? And he was like, I'll give you, you know, like, like they said they'll pay X, I think it was 700 bucks a week or something, like, that ain't not bad. a lot. But Though for at like the time, out, I mean, yeah. dude, I'm 23 years old. I was yeah. like, 20, I was like, $700 a week? Like, are you out of your fucking minds? And I'm <laughs> That's like, like $100 to to a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. And so that was that, dude. That was that. And then I started that guy that plays for Sum 41. He had like this thing called Street Drum Corps. His name's Frank Zumo. And I would help out with him. And like a bunch of other drummers would be on. Like Byron from Pennywise was on one show. And then it was like, oh, do you want to go drum tech for Pennywise? I was like, what? Like this band that I like skateboard to? Like I'm going to go work for them. And working for them was like, I mean, it's fucking crazy, dude. Those guys are nuts. It's so fun. The, like, it's, Fletcher is like a fucking psychopath, man. Like, yeah, that that band's nuts, dude. Like, for a punk band, you know, you'd think like, oh, they're pretty rough. No, Pennywise, holy shit, man. <laughs> well, it's like they have this reputation, it feels like. And Fletcher really enjoys living up to that reputation. Well, I mean, you have video evidence of him fighting a fucking elephant. It's probably the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean, life. I don't know if you're allowed to talk about it, but, like, what... I mean, please, if you can, tell the story. That is... A, I mean, because for those of you that don't know, Fletcher's maybe, like, what, seven feet tall? Like I, mean, some, I mean, he's tall. You know, I don't know how tall he is. Yeah, like, six six at least. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know what's out in the world, but he was struck by an elephant, and I'll just leave it at that, you know? He was <laughs> struck by an elephant. <laughs> in a foreign land. And there were, like, there was blood. There was, <laughs> there was bruises as I saw the video. It was uh, unbelievable. Probably the most yeah. amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. But I wasn't yeah. there. I was on the tour, but I, was, I wasn't I was eyewitness to the events. Oh, but you, I, I guess you just showed us the video somehow. Yes, I something. definitely did. Yeah, that, that was how I saw that. But uh, Oh, whoo. man. But yeah, like yeah. working... Like there were times... Like some of the craziest shit with Pennywise was like Fletcher would bet me like if I could eat a plate of food or something, you know, and I'd be like, yeah, I can eat that food. You know, I was like poor and broke and back surgeryed out. <laughs> and he'd be like, I'll bet you can't eat that like 
plate of chicken. And I was like, oh, dude, I could for sure eat that plate of chicken. And I'd get started and like, I'd be like two bites in, like, there's no fucking way this is going to happen. And he would up it. And I remember one time we were in Texas and he like, I think the, I think he bet me like 50 bucks that I couldn't eat this plate of chicken. And I was like 50 bucks. And it got to like, dude, $900. And I went and like, I threw up all over the bathroom. It was like fucking terrible. <laughs> but that's like standard shit. Oh with those God. guys it was just they they were super fun and that was like my introduction to like t- touring you know and so mm-hmm. like it was just fun and it was cool and then right after that i had toured with pennywise with rhino and rhino did bad religion and you know bad Religion's like one of my favorite bands and oh, yeah. uh, i was like wow that's so cool you know and he left bad religion to go do all american rejects and he's like, do you want to do Bad Religion? And that was like when Brooks was playing drums, and I really like how Brooks plays. And I was like, of yeah. course I want to go do Bad Religion. Dude, like, that'd be so cool. And then I waited for like, I don't know, five months or something. I never got a call, never got a oh. call. And I was like, damn it, dude. And he called me, and he's like, hey, dude, like, I'm getting married, and, and my schedule is too gnarly. Do you want to just do All American Rejects instead, and I'll go back to uh, Bad Religion? And I was like... Uh, I mean, I'd rather, I want to do bad religion, (laughs) (laughs) but like for sure, like all American rejects, I've heard of that band. Like that'll be fun. And that was like, for sure life changing. Cause that was like proper, like cycle of like a pretty big band at the time. Totally. I mean, like like, they they weren't, I mean, they had a handful of hits, but I mean, they, they, they toured all the time. Like they were. Yeah, constantly on the road. It seemed. I like. mean, dude, they were they were big, dude. Like, yeah. like their first record, like broke. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then the second record was like the move along stuff. You know, like mm-hmm. that. That was like huge. That video was like all over, like whatever, all the TRLs and all the MTVs oh, and yeah. shit. Like, I remember being like, "Damn, this band's gonna be huge," you know. And then it like, I'm doing the next record. I think I think it's record three that I did, when the world comes down, and that was like. It was probably the most fun I've ever had in my entire life for, like, the longest amount of time. Those guys are, like, still some of my best friends to this day, for sure. That And, and also, like, they're from Oklahoma City, aren't they, or something like that? Like, yeah, I mean, different from? places in Oklahoma. Yeah. Like, Mikey's from Edmond, you know. But, like, they're all from around there. They weren't, like, yeah, some, like, put-together band from L.A. or something like that. They were literally just, like, a pop band from Oklahoma City. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> they just and, got fucking huge. Fucking huge, you know, and, like... I, it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen, you know, like watching those guys like command the crowd and like, it's not a punk show, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that's I like, even Juliet was like, you know, she, she's fucking famous, dude. Like going, traveling with her kind of sucked. Cause it's like, you can't go through <laughs> any airports, can't do any of that shit. But like the, she, she didn't have the, the same command that the rejects guys had. Yeah. And watching that was like, oh shit, like, this is amazing. And that was kind of like my introduction into like, I don't know, the next level of touring, whatever that Mm -hmm. means. Yeah. You know, like at that point. No, for real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, where you'd have production assistants and shit like that, not just like one tour manager doing three jobs and shit, you know? Yeah. Like, like more than one bus, if you know what I mean. Uh, You know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. One bus, it's usually like the band guys and the crew guys and everyone like co mingles. And knows their job and does their job. Like, but now it's like, I've been on tours where like, I don't even know that person's name, (laughs) you know, and I don't know what they do. And 
there's like 180 <laughs> of us. I'm like, I don't know what they do. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, like know, on man. Shania Twain, I mean, there were people that like, I don't know if I met, you know? Uh-huh. It was just weird. Like that that's a lot of people. Like that's a big crew, you know? That's crazy. And also when you're playing shows that big, like not only do you have a crew that size, but also like every single day, every arena or, or whatever you're playing, like that you have to have a whole security meeting with the, the security staff of an extra 50 people and like all the merchandise vendors and shit like that. It's just, it, it, it balloons up to like, yeah, like so many fucking people that are around. Like you don't even. <laughs> yeah. Like there's the catering company that I didn't know fucking, existed. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, you know, like sponsorship fulfillment. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. The, the only time we ever had a sponsor, actually, like a real deal sponsor, was Zigzag, uh, sponsored four sword shows, and they sent like two Zigzag girls to each show and like set up a little table, giving away free papers, and they gave us like fifteen hundred bucks a show, and it was badass. And so we were like, this is incredible. This is the easiest six grand we ever made and then like the next tour we were like hey can we do that again and they're like oh no no we're not doing that anymore we're like oh come on <laughs> <laughs> but that don't was... you have six grand mr zigzag i know right yeah, come on god I, I, honestly i just missed the free papers but uh yeah god dude touring i miss it um but uh but yeah uh you and i met uh though whenever yeah caius lives uh it was a uh, caius minus josh uh caius <laughs> minus caius minus and um uh do you I remember but I want to see if you remember do you remember the first time we met what happened no I mean like I I remembered um like I wasn't like a big like I wasn't a Caius fan like I I probably had never heard a song a Caius uh-huh. song before and I was like who the fuck's Caius and people were like Caius like you gotta do Caius and Tinsley was doing it yeah and like I love Tinsley so I'm like oh Tinsley's going he, he was the it. tour manager and yeah house. yeah and so if Tinsley's going I'm like if Tinsley's going I'll do it and so I did it and it was cool. I had a good time. And like the cool thing was that you guys were there. Cause like, you know, those at the time, like those guys were probably older than me by double. Yeah. I would say that. Yeah. That's, that's accurate. <laughs> and but, so uh, like, you know, sometimes it's not exactly. And, and like you can tell when people are not like wanting to hang and like when they're just like, they want to play the show and then relax and chill, you know? And then other times people want to like play the show and then fucking rage. And mm-hmm. I was kind of in the fucking rage camp, and it turns out that the sword guys were kind of in the fucking rage camp. So I spent most of my time like <laughs> hanging out with you guys. I know that's, that's some of my uh, most fond memories of that tour is hanging out with you in uh, Florida. Got to give Florida a shout out. Uh, the guitar tech. I might go uh, snowboarding with Florida on Thursday. Yes, tell him I said yeah. hi, please. I will. Yeah. Anyways, but, uh, how did we meet? What's the first? The, we time? we met because uh, Brian and I. I mean, the sword were just uh, hopeless marijuana addicts. And uh, whenever, because I believe the first show was in was Toronto or Guelph or some somewhere in Canada, and um, so we flew in to the first day of the tour, and you know had we were able to score some weed, but we didn't have a piece to smoke out of, and we saw you in Florida smoking out of a pipe, and so we walked up to you all and said, "Hey, do you guys mind if we use your pipe?" to smoke and so you handed us your pipe glass pipe and we immediately dropped it and broke it <laughs> oh my god i totally remember that i totally remember that like without smoking it no it was like like you gave it to me and i just dropped it like <laughs> and i was like cool <laughs> and i think i had got it like in canada because i didn't want to like border cross and shit oh god and we were like oh god these dudes are gonna hate us they probably think we're the biggest fucking nerds Oh my god! I mean, you kind but, uh, of were, you kind I of know. were fucking nerds, but it worked out, dude. It worked I out. Know. But yeah, we we ran around. We found a smoke shop. We we tried to make it right immediately. And uh, yeah, we we blazed 
across the nation. Uh, across the continent. That's one of those constant yeah. smoking weed. I remember I left like a fucking jar of weed at a show box because <laughs> we were like going to Canada or something. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, I don't even want to deal with this. And it was like a lot of weed, like, like, you know, like <laughs> half ounce. And I was like, oh, well, that's how the cookie crumbles on this one. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, 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 it, we're only going to Vancouver. They don't have any weed there. Exa- yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to smoke some right now. Smoke. Smoke, smoke, baby, smoke, smoke. I can't. Y'all, uh, y'all still smoke? Y'all still smoke? <laughs> Shit, I haven't heard that in a minute. Shout out to Jimmy. What's up with uh, Jimmy? How's Jimmy? Jimmy, he's hanging in there. He plays with a band called Think No Think now. That's oh uh, yeah, I saw that. Kind of uh, p- no- noise rock, post rock. I don't know what you'd call it, but it's a very good rock and roll band. Uh, very nineties influenced. Oh yeah, and um, yeah, but God, dude, that that, that Kaya's tour was hilarious. Um, how did you guys feel on that tour? Did you guys feel like you fit in and shit? Yes, but only because, and this is kind of a funny aside with the sword, is the sword used to get a lot of comments from people that weren't necessarily based in reality. Like, you know, I, I very specifically remember a lot of people saying, like, man, y'all just remind me, like, just like Caius and COC. And I was like, I never really listened to Caius or COC. Like, ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like these things that people were hearing out of our music were like, not where that inspiration came from for us. Yeah, you know, we were we were more into like Queen and uh, Sabbath, obviously, than Lizzie and things like that, and Rush. But um, yeah, we we weren't necessarily influenced so much by the American kind of heavy metal music in the '90s. Um, we we loved like bands like Cathedral and, and a lot of like like Orange Goblin and stuff like that from the UK uh, throughout the '90s and stuff, and and obviously like bands like Fu Manchu. And uh, and Nebula and, and things like that, but um, for whatever reason, Caius was just a little bit before my time, and I didn't get into it, and kind of until like right before that tour, where like we had kind of been listening to it, and then it just sort of came out of nowhere. They they had reunited like randomly at a festival in Europe, like I think yeah. like M- like Mondo Generator was playing a show, and then uh, the Brant Bjork uh, trio or something like that was playing, and then uh, uh, John Garcia plays Caius was also playing and all three of them like met backstage and they were like, Whoa, we should do like a Caius show. And the festival promoters said like, we'll give you the stage if you want to do it. And it just turned into a thing from there, uh, which was really great for them in Europe. It, I, I remember that I'm not talking any shit at all about Caius. Those shows were really <laughs> fun and everything, but I think that they thought the reaction was going to be a lot bigger in the States than it was. I do remember a lot of those shows being, very ill attended, but not necessarily. <laughs> not because it Ill-attended. was like I'm ill attended. It, they were they were attended, but it, nowhere near like you know when 200 people are in a 2,000 seater venue, it's not a good look. But it's also palpable, like I think dude. a lot of those shows were like they booked you know like five shows in the New York area where they probably should have just booked one, mm. you know, or some it's kind of shit like that where it was like maybe they bit off a little bit more than they could chew in some places. But I mean, every one of those shows in Canada was a banger. Um, yeah, California was nuts. I mean, like it, it sounds like I'm being negative, but I'm really not. It was just kind of like it was a, a different experience than than we thought it was going to be. But um, it was just I don't know. I I had a lot of fun. That was also um, I think it was Jimmy's first tour with us because really? that was the last tour on Warp Riders for us because like Warp Riders was a really weird cycle for us because our original drummer uh, Trivet quit like ten days into it, and then we had an interim guy for about a year, and then 
I don't know, things felt weird, and then we knew we were going to start writing a new album soon, and then we got the Kaios offer, and then we just decided to switch drummers. And so it was definitely, like, a, a lot of, like, uh, transition going on during that time. So having having guys like you in Florida around to just, like, party and be idiots with was uh, – it, it was a lot of fun, and it, it made a, a weird time a, a lot brighter for us. Well, at least you got to Jimmy, and at least you got to us, dude. We'll hold you in our hearts forever. Oh, same, same. God, dude. Plus, you... I got to, I got to get Chronomancer two whenever I wanted, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we went. God. I remember I went to one of your shows. Like, I don't know. This is probably like five years ago. But I was like, "What the fuck, dude? No Chronomancer two. And um... <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Well, you got to see it. People say that all the time. Like, you didn't play Iron Swan. It's like, yeah, dude, well, we, my we, we did play it ten thousand times before that. But where were you? But, uh, That's my one, dude. Yeah, yeah. I remember, um, I think you came to see us at, was it the Glass House? At yeah, Pomona, yeah, yeah. Maybe? Yeah, yeah. And you brought so much weed that, like, I had to, <laughs> like, okay. you, couldn't, you couldn't sneak it into the venue or something like that, and I had to put it all in my pants, and, like, I just, I had really tight pants on, and I, <laughs> it was, like, <laughs> so much fucking drugs. I was, like, oh, trying to stuff Oh, there was a bunch of edibles pockets. and shit, too. Yeah, That's what and it was, yeah, yeah, and it was just, like, walking into the club, like... <laughs> it's like Dude. obviously like so much drugs in my pants like <laughs> i think like, it was cool. the kaya's cool, tour man. i think it was the kaya's tour where the, we had the the bus mouse I, oh, fuck. yeah you had a rat on your bus yeah dude and and so like we so we showed up and it was like a like a you know you pick your you when you get on the bus you like pick all your bunk and you pick all your your drawers and shit that you're gonna like put your shoes in and stuff or whatever the fuck you want to put in there in my case it might be like a bag of weed with some edibles and shit in it <laughs> and like true to your story the bag of that i had was too big to fit in the drawer and i was like ah oh, fuck it it'll fit and i was just like bam you know like i shoved it in there <laughs> <laughs> and then like the next day i was like all right weed o'clock you know and i pulled the bag out and it was like dude fucking shredded and there was a ramekin like a little plastic ramekin thing that had a that had the edible in it and it was like shredded like not like it had been crunched in a drawer but like but like shredded with like Wolverine's claws, you know, like, like, like almost like in strips. And I'm like, damn, dude, I really fucking shut that thing in there. I'm so stupid. Like I didn't even think about it. And then I put it back in and I'm like, ah, whatever, it'll be fine. And the next day I pulled it out and it was it ripped to shreds even more. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, it looks like, it looks like a mouse got it or something. And, and Florida was like, dude, there's not a mouse on the bus. And and was it Florida? See, I don't remember. My details are foggy on who was there and even what tour it was. But then I was like, I'm gonna leave a proof of life. And I got a I got a granola bar and put peanut butter on it and put it in my drawer. And the next day, I'm like, look, it's fucking eaten. I'm like, I'm telling you, there's a fucking mouse on the oh bus. And I had to send the runner for a mouse trap. And the next day, dude, I opened the door and that poor mouse was caught, dude. We got oh. him. But we let him go. He was alive. Oh, that kind of trap. Okay, that's, that, was, that was really sweet of you. I don't know. I wonder I'd where you got him, and I wonder where you let him go. I think about that a lot. That's some Feifel shit, where, like, okay. maybe you picked him up in New York, and, like, you let him Dude, go in Vancouver Somewhere some <laughs> out there. I'm telling you, so I talked to the driver, because this bus, <laughs> this particular bus, we had had this bus, like, since my 2009 Rejects tour, the Manhattan and and I'm like, hey man, like I found a fucking mouse, you know, like what the fuck? And they're like, oh, well, like 
when the bus isn't being used, they're stored in like this field in Tupelo, Mississippi. I'm like, Holy hold shit. up. <laughs> like this mouse just hitched a ride from Tupelo, like full Fievel style. And he got to California and got high as fuck. <laughs> and then bailed into a sunny life out here. Dude, he's probably so jazzed. That's like a Ralph Bakshi like movie in the making or something. Yeah, you're like, uh, that's uh, he is Mickey Mouse. That that is for real, Mickey Mouse. He's um, living the American dream. God, dude. But um, God, man, I miss those days. So, how do you go from yeah being this rock and roll road dog, um, to working for a, a major network television show? I mean, that, that's wild, man. <clears throat> um. I I got hurt in like 2016. My back is all messed up, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get out of touring. So I was like trying to get TV gigs and I tried American Idol, but it just like wasn't working for me. And then um, I did Shania and like Shania was awesome, you know, and like I really enjoyed doing that. It was like super challenging. The front house guy's name Sully and he's like, amazingly good at his job and he's like particular you know and that that is like challenging but it's also like what i want you know like um, i want someone to tell me like well that snare sounds like shit and i'm like damn it i, I know i'm sorry <laughs> you know i'm like i will do everything i can to make it right for you and whatever he just was good and i really enjoyed working with him and, I, and the rest of the guys were good and the drummer was great and it was fun but after that it was like um, Shania's gonna do residency in Vegas and I'm like oh man you know that's the last thing I need is to live in Vegas dude yeah well was it like a living situation or could you like fly every weekend or was it well like, it was like know? it was like it was like three weeks every two months or something yeah. like that yeah where it was like enough work to be like this is good amount of work, but not enough work to be like, this is going to be enough work for my year. Yeah. And so I was like, fuck man, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, um, you know, like, I don't know. I was just kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to do that. Or, um, I had heard that Deftones were going to do another record and I was like, Oh, I'd love to do, like, I love doing Deftones like that. would be great. But, you know, as a crew guy, it's like, you could want, whatever you want, but (laughs) that doesn't mean shit. Like you only have what you're offered, you know? Yeah. And then like, I mean, dude, it was out of nowhere. Like it was, it was May and I got a phone call and it was like, Hey, are you interested in doing the voice? I'm like, yeah, tell me all about it. And they're like, this, this, this and that. And I'm like, all right. And they're like, the, the drummer wants to like have a meeting and we'll see what happens. I mean, that was like on a Thursday. I had a meeting on a Sunday and I started work like on Monday. That's incredible. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, so I, I guess just number one, how sick is the TV band that has to play all those cover songs? Okay, so like my first day, I mean, like, you know how it is because you're a muso, you know, like, you know that there are levels to playing. Like, yeah, songs are different than music. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. like writing a song is a skill that is not about playing music. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Okay. Like being a musician doesn't require that you're a great songwriter or vice versa. 
you can for real play in a real band with real tour dates on big shows and have no idea how to play the bass. No fucking like, idea. <laughs> like that's a that's a proven fact. <laughs> or any instrument for that matter. I mean, like, dude, I've worked for drummers where I'm like, are you serious right now? Yeah, I like, know. I've seen this it. is how you're gonna play, you're gonna play the show like this every night. Okay, uh, and I'm working for them. You know, yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is preposterous. You know, like <laughs> you, you, you're, you're not like a drummer. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, that's fucking oh, yeah. crazy to me. No. And then you go to the voice and it's like, <clears throat> you know, what songs do they mostly sing on the voice? It's mostly like silly pop, you know, like, <clears throat> yeah, like top 40, top 40 yeah, country, whatever, you know, yeah. yeah, so any, like, yeah. my first day I'm like, you know, being, being just swooned by like some taylor swift and like fucking ed sheeran you know and i'm like well okay like this guy can play you know mm -hmm. whatever like he's a good drummer cool <laughs> you know and then it was like um the next song was like uh like a ricky martin song or some like like super latin vibe dude and he pulled out this like fucking crazy like polyrhythmed Latin beat where I was like, holy shit, you know, like, yeah. and it was like, like, dude, they listened to the song one time and to like write their charts and make sure that their sheet music is correct. And that's it. Like after that, it they play it, you know, it's that's rehearsals and it's on. It's crazy, dude. They're so good. It's unbelievable. I call Nate, it, um, Nate in oh, particular, sorry, the drummer, he like does these like, it's not like sheet music and it's also not like charts. Like it's his own little equations. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Arrangements and, and shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable. He's, he's amazing. I call it like, and, and I don't know, I, I have no like real religious um, affiliation to this term necessarily. It's just, I call that church. Like whenever you see a drummer that good, it's like, Oh, he probably used to play in a church band because those church bands, you know, play for like, you know, three hours minimum sometimes yeah. if they're like playing in a church or whatever like and you're just like <laughs> in, in, I just, whenever i see a drummer like that fucking good and that perfect and on i'm just like oh yeah he probably came from church yeah right? like <laughs> in the drum world they're like oh you got gospel chops <laughs> exactly you know but like when i when i watched him play that ricky martin song, i'm like oh this like this guy went to school for drums you know uh -huh. and i'm like did you like are, did you like go to music school? And he's like, yeah, you know, I went to Berkeley and then I studied with this guy and then I studied with this guy, but he like, and I'm like, oh shit, dude. Like, <laughs> you know, like he's like a, he's like a true student he's a and, drummer. and now master yeah. of his craft. Honest, honestly, yeah. honestly, that's, I, I love watching people play like that too, because they just make it look so easy. Oh man. There are times that he's playing and I know that he's about to send it and like, you know, drums, it's like pretty much like, you know, when you're about to send it and you know where you have to land, you know? Uh -huh. Yeah. But anything in the middle of there is kind of fair game. And there's times that I know that he sends it not knowing what he's sending and he still lands it every time, dude. It's mental. <laughs> like, I know he's got a path, like, 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 I know he's got a design for it. But sometimes he'll throw stuff on the live show that he's never played before. And I'm just like mind blown. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. So what what goes into like sound checking a TV show band rather than, you know, getting ready for the big concert? Is there a lot of like similarities or are there differences? Like, I mean, there are similarities and there are differences. You know, it's like 
<clears throat> similarities. It's all the same gear, you know, like it's it's all the same for the most part stuff, you know. Mm. It's kind of like more of like it's like a cross between a studio environment and a live environment because, you know, we're all playing live together. Uh-huh. But at the same time, you know, most of the guys have like their own mixer, like, well, that's not true, but now it's true with COVID and stuff. Like the guys have their own mixers where they can control some stuff. Like in a studio, station. like, like a mix box or whatever, yeah. like they can actually control. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. But not, but like the, the big difference is that like, you know, it's like you 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 kind of only load in once, and then you're then you're in for that section of the show. You know, and so like uh-huh. there's like one install, and then you're kind of there for like weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. But like it's weird because there are multiple different locations that shoot at the same time. So like for for my guy, like he's got multiple different drum sets that are set up at different locations for different sections of the show. You know, but like for the guitar guys, they have to like, you know, bring pack up the vaults and like ship the vaults from location to location during filming. And it's like, damn. Yeah. It's a lot of moving parts. Yeah. Is that like the rehearsal uh, film part versus the performance, like live performance kind of stuff like like that you mean? Or is it like. Yeah. But also it's like there's like different sections of the show and they shoot at different locations. You know, like they'll have like a reality section where the coach is like talking with them. And that will be shot at a different location than where we shoot like the actual show at Universal Uh Studios. You know, it's like and then there's like a rehearsal location, you know, so it's like you you can have like three different locations up at the same point in time. Crazy. What's how how loud is it like at the the final performance versus like a normal rock show? Um, I think a, a normal rock show is louder, you know, like this is indoors and it's i mean dude it's loud They're, like all the people are there and like uh-huh. you know it's weird now because there's no audience so yeah there's, so it's like i think that i would i would guess that like it's quieter because of that just like inherently mm-hmm. but um no blood bags so no, no no blood yeah, bags so... soaking up waves dude <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just did. I guess I just meant like, does, does the audience when they were there, like get rocked or is it kind of a thing where like, it has to be a certain volume for the filming and like, it's not like, well, it a is a thing experience. that like TV sound is way different than like live sound, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so like, you do want your microphones as clean as far as like input goes as uh-huh. possible. And like, that's definitely a thing that people were, are concerned about, but there's also audience members and judges and all that shit and they need their own mixes and stuff too. But yeah. I think that you're right that like it is more TV focused and it's not the same as like a, a full on like live performance. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, are there, I don't know what you're allowed to talk about. Not, I'm sure you're NDA up, but, um, what, uh, what goes on backstage? Is it a party environment or is it like super strict? Like everyone's like super nervous and just like, is it roll? Like you could hear a pin drop backstage and shit. Like, I mean, I wouldn't say that it's a party environment by any, like, you know what I mean? Uh, like, <laughs> I'm sure, Kyle. I don't know. I don't Kyle, know. <laughs> I'm sure that you have been to parties in your touring career that you've been like, now this is a fucking party. <laughs> those, this looks like a Beastie Boys video. Yeah, you know those I mean? aren't those aren't happening. Are people having a good time and, like, messing around? For sure, dude. And, and like, I'd say, like, my, my drummer, uh, like, 
above all. He like likes to he loves to have a good time and he's always joking and messing around. And you know, these guys are pros, dude. We're in season twenty of The Voice and they've been That's the band crazy. the whole time. Like Damn, they're not really? nervous anymore, like yeah. maybe I'm gonna clam. But it's nerve wracking, like, oh I hope nothing goes wrong, you know, like Right. Like they're confident players and I'm sure that they get a little bit of like, oh shit, here we go. You know, but it's uh-huh. like uh-huh. it's and it is gnarly, dude. It's live. Like, it's live to, like, <laughs> millions of people, like, all the time. It's, like, it's kind of scary as, a as like, a crew guy because you're, like, okay. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. here you go. You know, and it's, like, if anything fails, like, they're not going to stop. Right. Yeah. You know, at a show, <laughs> like a concert, like, you can stop. You can't. There, there's a rule against that, though. You never stop the song. That that's one of the. Like, it's not rule number one, but it's like rule number six. Like never, sure, never yeah. stop the song. If you have to, you have to. But you like, have you to. Know, you have to. Yeah. But like, if you have to, it's like okay, we have to. <laughs> you know, this train ain't stopping, dude. Like it's yeah, it's right. going whether you oh, are ready God. or not. So it's like you have to have your shit locked down. Yeah. Are there understudies? Not that I know of, you know, there yeah. are multiple people that play like, you know, there are multiple guitarists, like and the live section of the show, they bring another guitar player on and stuff. Uh-huh. And, uh, dude, the guitar players are shredders. Yo, God, I know. It's probably like Nashville levels of like, even like the, the, the eighth dude in line is still the best guitar player in the world. I mean, like you know? the one like, homie <laughs> plays for pink, his name's Justin Derrico and he shreds. And then the other guy used to play for like Janet Jackson and shit. His name's Dave Barry and he shreds. Oof. Yeah, like they're like fire breathers, you know. Like my drummer used to play for Cher, and like the MD played for Cher. Damn, like, dude! Like those are like, <laughs> you know, like they're hitters. Like they can play, dude. It, it's it's cool. I know. There's such a difference. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I love a professional drummer. Um, somebody, a, a friend of mine, and uh, this is this is hearsay, but I, I do believe it. Though, uh, kind of on the flip side of that, uh, a friend of mine went to go see Melvin's one time, and uh, he said that um, halfway through the set. Dale Crover just went into this insane like uh, jazz drum solo, just like going all. I mean, just you know, like pro level, just crazy like jazz shit, uh, for maybe like a minute and a half, two minutes or something like that. And then they went on and played the rest of the set. But then afterward, the show, he said he saw Dale backstage, and said, uh, "Man, dude, that that fucking drum solo is insane." And, and Dale goes, "Yeah, can you believe people go to school for that shit?" <laughs> <laughs> So not not knocking people that went to school for drums, but it's like that level of like kind of like player like that. Yeah, like school taught fucking drummer, dude. Like you had to like pass a test. Playing I know it's to like get that degree. That's fucking crazy. It's so weird. Yeah. But like it is amazing that they play, you know, like, dude, we just like, you know, like play like 80 songs in a day. That's nuts. That they heard right. just once. That's because I, I I try to teach uh, I try to teach guitar lessons uh, to people, and I try to tell them that, like you have to work on the relationship between your ear and your hand, like your ear hand coordination. Because like if if you just have that kind of relationship with music where you're not using your eyes, you're literally just like using your ears and your body and everything like that. You, you can just hear a song one time and fucking shred it just because you understand how music works. Yeah, there's only so many notes. There's only so many chord progressions. There's only you know so many rhythms. Yeah, and everything. It's silly so, because, like, yeah. I know what you say is true, but, like, I'm trying to learn guitar, and I'm, like, fucking terrible, and I'm, like, so, um, 
can't match my fingers to my ears. <laughs> well, there is a learning curve. That's yeah, <laughs> but it's like in drums, I totally get what you're saying. Like I know, like I ha- okay, I have an out. Like I I've heard the song now. I have an outline of how to get yeah. through it, and then uh-huh. it's just like fine tuning like the details on getting through it. But like with guitar, I'm like, huh. <laughs> so it's like it's like you have to get to a level before that that like connection happens you know it's yeah weird. what is that the, they call it the tipping point or whatever what it is, is a that? tipping the, point the the, the ten thousand hours you have to put into something yeah i'm uh, no expert though <laughs> i spent ten thousand hours rolling joints you know what I'm i mean <laughs> dude shout out to my friend big sean Carragher. but like he literally taught me how to roll joints on tour like i was stupid i didn't start smoking weed till later in my life like i was like 26 it's, I mean, it's, it's not a contest Nah, you know? dude. <laughs> you, you made it to the party. It's okay. I'm having a good time. Uh, it's, the hi- it's the highway. Yeah. Um, God, dude. We smoked so much weed on those. those yeah, that was a got. good run. What I are you doing uh, now? Now, um, I, I'm, I am podcasting. This is Hell fun. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I pivoted. I mean, uh, the Swords Tours and everything took a shit and everything. So I started uh, painting. I started painting like weird parody versions of myself for uh, for change. I was like, yeah, it was like kind of like that meme where everything was on fire and the dog is like, you know, would anyone like to buy a painting? Um, so what, dude? That's great. <laughs> it was going okay. I kickstarted a book, so I'm actually um, uh, I'm halfway through like writing a memoir uh, about myself. Uh, but uh, that's kind of where like the idea for the podcast started because I wanted to call a bunch of my old uh, tour mates and stuff and just kind of like you know, talk about the old days and just see if I could jog my memory. And then I started thinking like, yeah. why don't we just record these conversations and For like sure. kind of give, give the people some insight into what really goes into a rock and roll lifestyle because there, there is no book. There's no manual. There's no fucking, no. like I said, no regulation. There's no committee that you can like make a formal complaint to. There's, there's a Twitter. The best analogy can, like, I've heard is yeah. pirates. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Cause there's no, no, no two bands do it the same way. No, and no, if you no suck at being a pirate, like you're going to get yeah. fucking killed, dude. Yeah, And it's yeah, like, if you sure. suck at being on tour, you're going to get killed. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Yep. But It's, it's not like, for everybody, too. You know no. what I mean? It's not like, you know, you, you might think it's your dream, and then you get involved in it, and then next thing you know, like, you, you run screaming. Yeah, it's just and, hard. Uh, I've seen it happen, yeah. Or like, you get sent I, home, you know. That, yeah, that I've seen that happen. terrible. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've seen it too many times. It's just hard, though. Like, people think, like, you know, people, we, even us included, we're like, oh, fucking parties and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, that might be happening, and it might be happening, like, occasionally. But, like, the rest of the time, you're, like, in a fucking tube, hurling through Mm -hmm. the sky, or hurling down the road, wondering where the fuck you're going to go, if there's going to be a bathroom that uh-huh. will handle like the mess that you're about to make. Like, oh yeah. Oh, you want to have a relationship? Good luck with that. Like, uh-huh. do you? Are you trying to be one of those guys that's on the phone for three hours a day with your lady, yep. or whatever your significant other, talking about whatever the fuck you're supposed to talk about for three hours on the phone that you didn't talk about yesterday? Yeah. Or oh. you fight. Or you fight every day on the phone for like an hour, and you're like, cool, okay. I, that's that was the best. My fight for the I'm day. I'm so yeah, glad uh, that we had this conversation. <laughs> That is eroding the foundation of our relationship. And it's like, it happens all the time. And it's like, that's hard. And it gets lonely, even though you're around all your homies. Well, hopefully your homies. Yeah. You know, it's like, I've been on tours where I'm like, I do not like you. (laughs) And that's even lonelier. But Mm -hmm. it's like, got to power through, dude. And some people can't power through. And that's, it's hard. It's hard. 
But the rewards for powering through are so much better. Fantastic. Than, than, than most other things you have to endure. <laughs> yeah. um, I have I have like a, a, um, a pretty decent story about this. There was a kid that went on tour with us. And, uh, and like, you know, it just is kind of like, man, we're all out here like trying to have a good time. And you're coming in all like not setting up your gear and trying to help you and blah, blah, blah. And we like punish this kid. <laughs> you know, like, like we like talk shit and he'd be like not stand up for himself because it was just like not like we never did anything too bad. But we we just kind of like punked him sometimes, you know, I call it and the Millhouse syndrome. Yeah, it, it was yeah. very much like that. And and at the last day of tour, like everybody is fucking partying. And like <laughs> I had eaten like a lot of mushrooms and I know that this person had eaten some mushrooms too. <laughs> and I assumed that like it was probably his first time, you know, oh, God. just cuz he had Millhouse. And and I was like, well, you fucking idiot like did you learn anything or you know (laughs) (laughs) and he looked at me he's like i I learned a lot fuck you i'm having a great time and i'm happy so fuck you and i was like god damn right you did learn something dude yeah i was like you did learn something and then it was like i was fucking stoked for this person and like i don't even think that he would remember it but i was like you know what good on you buddy you did learn something you know it's like i i it's like i i punked you and shit and but i I didn't have hate for you at all but it's like you learned something and that's like that's amazing i I just i was like so psyched and like he's super successful now and and i i'm very proud of him and i asked him for a job last week (laughs) and he was like no no (laughs) did you learn anything fuck you did you learn anything fucking asshole god no i didn't learn fucking anything yeah god it's so good to talk to you man thanks so much for like sitting down and uh yeah i don't know you said you don't have anything to promote but uh everybody i I guess watch nbc's the voice uh wednesday is it yeah dude maybe they'll make some more money and that will give me some more money somehow from this it's called it's called synergy folks oh i thought it was like i think it's called trickle down economics i think i've heard that before i don't know if it works it doesn't seem like it but maybe it will but yeah thank you kyle i have so much love for you and i appreciate like you reaching out man hell yeah dude oh god i wish if i could hug you right now i would long distance long distance i do get tested twice a week though dude Uh, you have to i mean my god yeah they don't let you in that building if you don't i'm sure yeah it's fucking protocol dude lockdown <laughs> nbc not about to, uh covid <laughs> yeah <laughs> is that what it stands for i don't know they're doing good oh, yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> not trying to blast covid not blasting covid dude oh man all right right all on right, well, you, you take it easy bud thanks kyle yep bye man. thanks so much for tuning into the highway this week a big shout out to Reverend Guitars, Railhammer Pickups, and Earthquaker Devices. If you liked what you heard, you can follow where you can follow, subscribe where you can subscribe, and if you want to go one step further, you can support us on Patreon at The Highway with Kyle Shutt. For a few bucks a month, you can help us keep this party going, get early access to next week's episode, and even get yourself a shout out. <laughs>